Welcome to Paint Ed. PCA provides painting contractors with connections they need to grow their business. To find out more and to become a member, visit PCAPainted.org. Find more great content like this on PCA Overdrive. A subscription to the platform is included with membership. For all of you non-members out there, sign up for a free trial. PCA Overdrive is available on the App Store and Google Play. This episode is brought to you by There and Federated Insurance. Welcome to the Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast, a show created to help painting company owners build a thriving painting business that does well over $1 million in annual revenue. I'm your host, Brandon Pierpont, founder of Painter Marketing Pros and creator of the popular PCA educational series, Learn, Do, Grow, Marketing for Painters. In each episode, I'll be sharing proven tips, strategies, and processes from leading experts in the industry on how they found success in their painting business. We will be interviewing owners of the most successful painting companies in North America and learning from their experiences. In this series titled, People Make Dream Businesses, Jason Phillips of Phillips Home Improvements will be discussing how to escape contractor prison and build the painting company of your dreams. It is a six-part series. In the first episode, episode one, Jason discussed key one to escaping contractor prison, true leadership in your painting company. In episode two, Jason covered key two to escaping contractor prison, building a highly effective team. In episode three, this episode, Jason will deep dive into key three to escaping contractor prison, creating and implementing efficient systems. In episode four, Jason will discuss how your painting company needs to market itself for long-term and big-time growth. In episode five, Jason will elaborate on the DISC personality assessment and how to use it to ensure you have the right people in the right seats. And in the final episode of this series, episode six, Jason will take a deep dive into motivators. How do you get everyone excited and motivated to help your painting company grow and succeed? If you want to ask Jason questions related to anything in this podcast series, you can do so in our exclusive Painter Marketing Mastermind podcast forum on Facebook. Just search for Painter Marketing Mastermind Podcast Forum on Facebook and request to join the group. Or type in the URL, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. Again, that URL is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Painter Marketing Mastermind. There you can ask Jason questions directly by tagging him with your question so you can see how anything discussed here applies to your particular painting company. Jason, welcome back. Welcome to episode three, man. Hey, Brandon. I'm glad to be here today. Thank you for Thank you for having me back. You know, I, uh, you're talking about the the painting the painting company of your dreams. You know, when I was when I was a wee when I, when I was a wee, a wee child, I used to dream of having a painting company. No, that's not true. Who? Nobody does that. <laughs> I don't like, think so. I was like, man, you're the first person I've heard, man. I, I watched Cannonball Run back in the day, and ever since then, I could I I could only dream of driving a Lamborghini. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody dreams of having a painting company, but I soon realized that there's a lot of things in this world you can do to add value and receive value and, uh, make a great life. And I'm just, I'm thankful for the painting business. And that's, that's been a, uh, a vehicle I've driven here for a good while. Yeah. I love it, man. So yeah, we've, we've covered up to this point, uh, leadership, you know, what that looks like, uh, what it really means. It's, it's kind of a vague term for a lot of people and how you've, you've deep d- dived into how you've had to kind of recreate yourself, experienced a lot of personal growth, talked about team building, 
what that means, you know, hiring special specialty people, really building yourself out of your business and the mindset that goes into that. And now we're going to get really, really uh, technical with this. We're going we're gonna to get, get nitty gritty into systems. Systems makes this all work. Systems makes all the, the pretty words and the mindset and everything. It, it makes it function, right? It's where the rubber hits the road. So how do you, how do you want to approach systems? I know you have a, you have a pretty structured way that you want to go through this. Well, um, let's, let's talk here for a second. You know, most of the painting contractors that I meet know exactly how they're going to wash a house, yep. prep a house, do the, you know, mask it, how they're going to apply the paint, how they're going to clean up. And they have a, a very specific way that they want to do that time after time after time. But when it comes to uh, managing people, marketing, appointment setting, appointment confirmation, sales, all of those other things, uh, they don't have them systemized. Yeah. And, you know, if, if you look at this, we're in the people business. People run our companies. People represent us to the public, to our clients, and we're in the people business. And I want you to, I want you to get this picture in your mind. People working without a system are like someone trying to dig a hole for a road through a mountain with shovels. Hmm. And when you give them a system, it's like giving them a huge uh, uh, caterpillar tractor with hydraulics that can move tons and tons of dirt in one scoop. And that's, that's one of the, one of the beauties of systems. And, you know, that's, it's, it's kind of a buzzword these days. Oh, systems, this systems, that, you know, we hear that everywhere, but, but in reality, what is a system? And a system is in its simplest form is, is a collection of processes. Oh boy. A collection of processes. <laughs> together. Okay. And like, what's, what's a process? Okay, so let's let's take that for just a moment. Let's take that example of painting an exterior. And you might say, this is our um, pre-job start checklist. And running through that checklist, let's see, we're gonna put a yard, we're gonna put a, uh, a sign in the yard. We're gonna make sure our vehicle doesn't leak any oil in the customer's driveway. All of those little things. Mm -hmm. And so that's maybe a process is that piece of it. Here's what we're going to do when we, when we roll up to the job before we start working. And, and that would fall into the, you know, the, the exterior painting system, so to say. So that there's some, there's some benefits. There are some benefits to systems. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, the benefits are that uh, new people, can get up to speed much quicker. Yep. And uh, another benefit of, of systems is uh, the best of us, we forget things. We forget obvious things. Matter of fact, if you want to dive a little deeper into this, there's a, there's a book I might recommend to you um, called The Checklist Manifesto. It oh. is a wonderful book. Wonderful book. And, you know, a system... Uh, in, in our, we're running small businesses, guys, we're not doing brain surgery here. And the system is supposed to make things simple for people to do. Now I call simple systems. I call them able systems. Why able? Why what able systems? Well, a simple system um, means that a process, the processes in that system are repeatable. You know, for instance, if, 
one if if you're a salesperson or let's say you're you're whether you're an owner and selling or you have a salesperson one of the worst things to happen when you go out for an estimate quote is you get halfway through it and the client says hey can you email that to me i've got to i've got to run and pick up the kids and there's no chance that you're going to sell that project right then and there because you didn't even have their attention you know, they're distracted and they got to run out the door. You don't have the time or attention. And so systemizing the way in which the inbound calls are handled and the appointments are handled means that you can increase the frequency by which you have a quality appointment and decrease those terrible appointments. So, so a good system or a good process is repeatable. It's also easy to hand off to someone, it's teachable. And, and it's not just teachable, it's done in a way where you can hand it to them like a baton and they can run with it and they can own it. And uh, another, another able part of this is they're measurable. For instance, if something's not going right in our, in our sales system, okay, we can, we can diagnose any opportunity and find out where it went wrong. We have, you know, several steps, a number of steps in our selling system. We use a step selling system. And one time recently, we're going through, hey, why didn't we close this deal? Well, it turns out we could not nail the client down. We could not get them to agree on what they really wanted their scope of work to be. How can they buy something if they don't even really know what they want? And so we, we get a, you know, a commitment to what they want or need and, and just helping talk them through that. But so we can say, well, here's here's what I missed. I couldn't get them to really agree on what they needed. Okay. So that's the part we go work on and train on and get better on. And so there's all of these steps in the system. So you can measure pieces of it and you know exactly what to work on. Another example, I'm definitely no professional baseball or softball player. Okay, but I do know that when you are um, most great players have a batting coach and the the answer to getting a better batting average is never work harder, try harder, and it's not even really concentrate. They break it down into the simple pieces. Well, how are you standing? Which way are your feet facing? How about your hips? Where are your elbows? How are you gripping the bat? Where are your eyes? How do you swing through? How do you finish? All of those things. And if you, it, it's, it's really not rocket science. It's boiling it down to some very basic things. And what we do in business um, is, I, I don't want to say that it's, it's definitely not rocket science, but when you put it all together, there's a lot of it. And, and if, if you're a, you know, if you're a, almost a solopreneur or you're, you're an owner operator, you're like, in a way, a genius and you have all of these things going on in your head at the same time, but getting them out of your head and handing that baton to your people so that they can run with it is where so much gets lost in the translation. The baton is dropped. The ball is fumbled so many times. And then people are just left with doing the best that they can. Yeah. Yeah, you you kind of pass it off, you instruct it. You might even think that you're being clear in the in the instruction that you're providing, 
but odds are you have certain assumptions or knowledge or, or know-how in there that that's not being transferred. And for you, it might be obvious. It might be, yeah, of, of course, you know, of course you would do it. Why would you, why would you possibly park in the, in the customer's driveway? Why did you, I, I said, you know, park, you right, present a, a professional appearance, make sure you're, you're dressed the right way. Make sure you, you know, here's how you're going to interact. Here's how you're going to introduce yourself to the prospective customer. Why did you pull up to their front door? Well, they pull up the front door because they didn't know not to, right? For you, it, it might be obvious. Your, your policy is always park on the street. Don't park in their driveway. Could block a car, not professional, things like that. Um, but they didn't know that. So there's an example of something that got lost in your head uh, because you didn't document it and pass it on. And I, I really like your point, Jason, about how if you're running a business, you're kind of a genius. And and I don't like it because then we can all feel good about ourselves and, and how smart we are and oh, we're all geniuses. But it's actually insane when you think about the number of things you do, especially as a solopreneur, someone who's doing, I mean, you're doing the accounting, you're doing the finance, you're doing doing projections, you're doing the operations. So you might be doing the fulfillment. You might be actually painting. You're doing the sales. You're doing the marketing. You're, I mean, it's it's phenomenal the amount of jobs that you're doing. Odds are you're not knocking out of the park on really any of them, maybe one. But once you can actually take that systematize it by by breaking it down like you said systematize into processes processes are sort of documenting all these all these steps then you find people who are going to actually make it better for you find people to go and do it and then ideally that person's actually going to find room for improvement and come to you and say hey i know you have us park here uh, but what if we what if we actually parked uh i don't know cl closer to the next house so that people would actually see the rat van what if we made that as a, a part of the sop whereas a lot of times we're actually not really parking uh in a very visible area something along that Right. You know, take, take for an example, let's just say that you're an amazing uh, driver and mechanic mm -hmm. and you're going to, you're going to do a cannonball run. You throw some tools in the trunk and, and you start blazing across the country down the road. And if your car breaks down, you can, you can stop, you can fix it. You can get back on the road quickly. Okay. Well, the, the issue is your people, they may be great drivers, but they're not great mechanics. Mm. And that car is the system. You, you would rather them not have to, uh, you would rather them work a dependable system that's not going to break down. Yep. And in, in most cases, when we are, as business owners, um, slow and steady, the tortoise will win the race over the hare. Because we're going to, as, as business owners, we get busy doing something else and we, we're distracted and we need that process to not be broken. I would rather have a process that keeps going rather than a fast one that keeps breaking. And if it's breaking, then all of a sudden, I'm the, if I'm the only one that can fix it, then it's all of a sudden 911 on me. And again, you double your business, you quadruple your headaches. Yep. It's, that's not the way it needs to be. I want something that's going to be like clockwork, like a metronome. It never misses a beat. And so... You know, when it comes to your systems, we we tend to make the the mistake of writing out every minute detail. We don't need to write out every minute detail. We need to write out the main points. And it's better to just start with something simple, like a checklist. Okay, guys, here's the, here's the here's the seven things we're gonna do before we even knock on the front door. Here's what we're going to do. Put the yard sign out, blah, 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 right? Here's those seven things. And guess what? You can add to that list later because that's not going to be a perfect list. If you wait till you have a perfect process, 
you're never going to get started and you're never going to perfect that document and you're going to make it so big and cumbersome. It's just going to end up in a drawer somewhere or in a, in a Google drive or a Dropbox where nobody's ever going to read it, much less be able to know it and have it at their fingertips. So if we have, if we have checklists that are, that are in their hands at any time, they can easily follow the process. And here's what's, here's what's also important about having even a, a, a an insufficient process is your people are uh, getting into the habit of following a process. That way, when you introduce a new process or update the process, it's not rocking their whole world. And in the absence of us, you know, telling people how we want things done, they're going to figure out the best way that they know how. Now, again, I'm not saying you don't get feedback from the field or from your people, or I'm not saying you ignore them. None of that. That's all very important. But it, when, when you're, you know, most of you guys and gals who are listening here, you're wanting to scale your business. So when you hire a new person, how long does it may take to make that new person somewhat productive in adding value to the team? You know, I used to, I used to put people into weeks and weeks of training before they'd even get their first appointment for sales. Wow. I was boring them to death. I was, you know, making them drink through a fire hose and only a tiny bit was sinking in and people were getting exacerbated. People want to come to work. So we need to give them some uh, early on some skills that they can do or some tasks that they can take and, and make some, and uh, have some accomplishments and get some early wins. Does that make sense? Yeah. Giving yeah. people some early wins. And again, that's something that uh, the, uh, the checklists are going to do. Now there's more than checklists. There's a, there's scripting. You know, in my company, when we answer the phone, we answer the phone the same way every time, no matter who, no, no matter what agent in our call center answers the phone, it's answered the same way. The call is handled in a consistent uh, manner. And we have a script. It's made to build rapport. It's made to be uh, professional, you know, to help help the client get a little fam more familiar with our with our company to pre-qualify them. That's another thing. You go out there, you're you know on a sales call, and you think you're going out to look at some complete repainting, and all of a sudden, you know they they need not only do they just need their front door painted, they just need it touched up. Okay, those types of things you can handle all of that, and and our our uh, process for our appointment setting, you know, gets a commitment to the time and attention. Hey, we're going to come out for free to your house. We're going to drive out there. We're going to spend our gas and our, our tollway, tollway uh, uh, charges. And we're going to give you our professional opinion and give you a price as to, as to what it would take to do what you want and what you need. Yep. You, you know, all we, all we ask for is two simple things. One, we want to meet with all the owners of the property. And two, uh, we want you to set aside a full 90 minutes, whether we need it or not. Fair enough, Brandon? Yeah. Fair enough. Great. Okay. Would Thursday at two or Friday at 10 a.m. work better for you? I love it. And you're, so, you're going to, you're going to disqualify people who are going to waste your time. Yeah. And mo most of them that call in, um, it's a lot of times it's not necessarily just disqualifying them. It's really about, you know, setting some expectations so that we can really pass the baton to our, our salesperson who we call project consultants. They're there to consult, not necessarily just to sell something. We're really there to help so that they can have the time and attention of the prospect. And you know, we all we also know that um, it's important that we deliver our prices, our proposals, our scopes of work face to face. 
and that it's a lot better if if you get to do that at their kitchen table rather than on their front porch. And so, so we actually cover some of that in our appointment setting script, and we actually kind of in a, you know reinject that uh, right when we knock on the front door as well. So not necessarily to, to dive deep into those, but you know implementing processes in your company does not need to be rocket science and you don't need to document everything. Take maybe the, the, in each department, the top four or five things and just start there. This is the, this is a great example of where the Pareto rule will serve you best. The 80, 20, that you 20% of your processes, if you just document them and put them in simple scripts or simple uh, checklists, if you just do 20%, you're going to get 80% of the result and you can improve on it and add to it later. Yeah. Yeah. Eight or eight. So I, I love that. I, um, <clears throat> I'm just curious, Jason, this, this, uh, I don't want to take us too far off track, but, but the kitchen table versus the front porch. I love that. W what if you're, uh, if you're quoting an exterior project, what's the script? How does that, uh, if you guys are outside, do you still try to go to the kitchen table to present the proposal or what happens every time um if they don't let you in we say well i got porched <laughs> yeah so do you say is there uh is it oh hey you know okay i'm, I'm done can, can we go ahead and and discuss this inside or or how do you guys present that if if say you knock and the homeowner comes out and what's the script well you know we're just gonna go something something like this um um okay brandon wells is uh Gosh, after 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 what we've seen here today and everything you've told me, um, would you agree that's probably uh you're probably better off getting some taking care of this sooner rather than later? Yeah. Great. I'll tell you what, uh, why don't we why don't we head on in and um I'll 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 uh I'll punch my numbers into the into the system and uh I'll get you a price. So we're gonna go in, I'm gonna sit down and uh, I may I may pass you some uh literature to look at while I uh you know, while I punch my numbers in. Absolutely. Is there a, do you guys track the percentage of people that porch you? So, yep. Every time we, uh, after we uh, finish an appointment, um, before we drive away, uh, we do something called resulting the appointment and we uh -huh. answer a series of questions. You know, did we, um, did we give them a price? Yes or no. Did we sell it? Yes or no. Um, where did we present price? Was it on the front porch? Was it uh, at the kitchen table? Or this actually helped out a lot. If someone doesn't want you in, we could say, well, do you have a patio? Do you have a patio table? Maybe something in the shade. Mm -hmm. You know, in Texas, it gets really hot. Yeah. And so we use that one a lot in COVID. And again, it's none of this is about manipulating, but you know, you have you have to earn a certain amount of trust with people. And uh, and when when you when you've earned some trust and, and built some rapport with them, you can ask them some simple things. It yeah. doesn't have yeah. to be, it doesn't have to be offensive in any way if 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 they feel offended or they feel like you're being pushy well guess what you're being a pushy you're being offensive and pushy right man this is this is neat so do you you guys track the close percentage uh when you get porched versus when when you go inside uh, it's not something we actively track uh the data is there could very yeah, easily sure. um, run uh and uh a report i mean i can tell you this that when we uh when we meet with both parties, you know, the husband and wife, yeah. um, our conversion rate is 50% higher than if we met with only one of them. Wow. 
50 percent additionally but here's the kicker i looked at um several years of data and and looked at um the clients that were dissatisfied with our service at the end and you know i wish i wish i could say that we you know that we thrilled everybody but we don't we try and some we're not perfect but i looked at um uh several years worth and only one in 20 of the people that were dissatisfied did we meet with two parties 19 out of 20 we met with only one party so will you guys even do that now i mean have you thought about hey if 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 two if both parties won't be there and we we know it's a you know a two party household that we're just not going to do it no we don't we don't do that there are many companies that uh, especially in the remodeling space you know windows floors uh, doors things like that um that will uh only uh, meet with two people and even if you commit to two people and and they show up and there's only one their salesperson has to reschedule we're not like that um we're, we we uh, we do try to be a little more relational but we also want to you know we want to know uh we want to know what the reality is we do not ever want to be pushy we really want to be an advisor and and uh in those circumstances what we what we try to do is while we're there we may ask them to uh if if, if we can get the uh, other party on the phone or okay. um if we can set an additional appointment and we I mean, have I, a script, I... we have a script for that you do okay i have to imagine that the majority of the time you you are meeting with one party i mean covid might have changed that a little bit but you guys are if you're targeting upper income households i odds i think would be pretty good that at least one person would be at work during the week would not be right yeah right? so um currently uh we're only meeting we're only meeting two party uh 25% of the time okay and there are all, there there's a small percentage that is legitimately only a one party sure. we call that a solo decision maker and there's, you know, definitely single people. And sometimes the, sometimes the interested parties are not the spouse. It could be a, it could be a, um, a son or a daughter. It could be a parent. It could be, uh, you know, um, an aunt or an uncle or a friend, or even, a, even a designer. How do sometimes. you guys, how do you guys, um, get that information? Do you, do you do research? Uh, do you ask, how do you decide that, how do you know whether it's a one party or two party house? Well, we, we would say something like this. Um, um, uh, okay, Brandon, we'll do all that for absolutely free. We'll ask for two simple things. One is uh, we'd like to meet with all the owners of the property. Uh, and, and for most for most of our uh, for most of our clients, that would be a, a, a spouse or friend or family member. Uh, yep. Who would that be in your case? Oh, wow. nice. Oh, that, that, that would be uh, Ms. Pierpont. May I have her first name so we can address her properly? Great. I love it. And do you guys address when your estimators come out? Are you just first name to address a, a Mr. and Mrs.? How do you guys address that? You know, through the years, we've we've gone back and forth on that. And uh, we've, we've just moved to uh, a first name. First name. Yeah. Cool. I'm sorry, Jason. I, uh, that, that was not really what we're focused on, but, but you, you super captivated me with, with the, uh, with the getting porched comment. So I, I just had to, <laughs> I well, had to fun. go deep. I had to go deep. That was fun. No, that was uh, very insightful. Okay. So <clears throat> with the systems, the ABLE systems, I want to make sure I, I captured all these. So you have repeatable, transferable, and measurable. Are those the three? So they're, they're repeatable, teachable, teachable, trainable. It's kind of the same thing. Teachable. They're transferable and they're measurable. Repeatable, teachable, transferable, 
measurable. Yes. I love it. And now the, the, the opposite of that, I call fragile. And these were the first systems that I built when I was building my company. I built systems because it was just me and the painters, right? Mm -hmm. I built systems to make me a personal powerhouse. Whether it was my communication, the way my computers were designed, all of that. And it was great uh, for me. But then when I wanted to, when I had to bring someone else on, it was not so simple for them and the system would break. And all of a sudden, guess who's back as the fix-it guy? Jason. Yep. And so then I got to this point where, where I've got all these people and all these systems, and I'm constantly the fireman fixing the systems. I know it sounds crazy, but upgrading this or this communication, or we need to do this better. I'm the only guy that can draft it. You know, they can draft the document that knows how to do the, the scripting or the checklist or, or program something in the computer, whatever. So there I'm back, right, right back in contractor prison, just a few floors higher. Yep. And yep. you know, th then as you grow your company, once you grow your company and you have managers, okay, what do you, what are managers supposed to do? A manager is supposed to make sure that people stick to the process. Okay. And, and they will never do that unless they will champion your systems. They need to champion your systems. They need to improve your systems. And guess what? Sometimes they need to make systems where there is no system. Yeah. And they need to ensure that the system is followed. That means, you know, making simple checklists, writing scripts, process flows, what, whatever. So that way everything is done repeatable in the same manner. Now, let's just say, let's say, for example, um, uh, what's your favorite hamburger? Fast food. Uh, say Burger King. Okay, Burger King. So if you visited me in Dallas and you went to Burger King, would you expect that the, that the um, service the fries and the burger and the cheese and everything tasted the same here in Dallas as it did in Florida. I would. Yeah. Could be slightly better because it's in Texas, but I assume it's going to be pretty much exactly the same. Pretty much exactly. Well, it should be right. Should be. Yeah. So that's how it needs to be with our company. No matter who's, no matter who takes that call and schedules the appointment, no matter what salesperson goes out there, no matter what project manager goes out there, no matter what crew goes out there, they should receive the same sandwich, the same burger. And the only way you're going to be able to diagnose that is to make sure that everybody's following a consistent process. And again, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs out there who are great at having the project processes down, but all the other processes, they, they maybe can't wrap their head around or, you know, so many things are mysterious until you learn them. And, and then, then once it, you learn you them, I can't believe you, yeah, you didn't exactly. Use them. It's like, that's so simple. Oh yeah. Dang. And then once you know, you know, and then all of yeah. a sudden you look like a genius and then, you know, and you're like, wait, this really isn't genius. This is just basic stuff. Once you know it. And that's yeah. the same way it is with making systems. Yep. With, with making systems, you yep. know, one, one day, this was a number of years ago. We, we just got really behind on our collections and we had a lot of clients that owed us little pieces of little pieces of money, right? And so many of them, we just hadn't followed up on them, or we needed to, you know, replace a window screen, or bring them a gallon of paint, or do a touch up, or or whatever. 
and and a lot of that stuff had been done, but we just never gotten been tenacious to get back with them to get the money, right? Yeah. And so this was one year before the end of the year, you know, like late December or whatever. And I'm like, guys, we can't take this huge accounts receivable into the new year. We got to deal with this. So what I did you is hired I hired Johnny. I hired Johnny and he made some house calls. <laughs> I did not. Okay. Okay. So basically here's what I did is I, is I, I made, I made our CRM a report in our CRM. Okay. And, um, uh, I wrote a script and I said, okay, you're going to do, you know, you're going to do a through M and you're, I'm, just, I'm still finding this, but you're gonna do a through M and you're going to do N through Z. I actually had like five different people calling, by the way, we broke the list up. And I said, well, just once you get them on the phone and once you read the script to them. So let's practice it a few times. I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you the way that I would read it. And then I want, now I want to hear you read it a few times. No, put a little more, put a more inflection on this word, slow down right there, put a pause there, Might, write a comma on your piece of paper. Okay. And then once they had us, okay, now going boom. And then all of a sudden I had five people on the phone, making collection calls, collecting money. And every time they would, every time they would make a call, they would click a button in the CRM and it would uh, log it. And that it would, it would disappear from the report till tomorrow. And we'd call them back again tomorrow. It was, it was a very simple system, yeah, but I yeah. systemized it instead of going, Hey, you guys go make some calls. No, it logged who was calling, how many calls they had made. And then we rewarded the ones that were able to collect it. And of course, you know, we got a lot of, um, hey, you guys were still going to do da-da-da-da. Okay, great. I'm going to give them my production department. I'll call you back in the morning. We, we, would, we, had to, we had to do some cleanup, and, you know, of some messes we had made as well. Sure. Man, that's great. So, yeah, the, do, you, do you still have the Easy Bake Oven in your office? You take that one? There? I have two of them. You have two of them? Yeah. I love, you know, I tried to, uh, I looked that up after you showed me that, and I, I think they don't sell it anymore because they, they say it's, uh, I don't know, can can burn the child or something but i love it i love the easy bake you know if a, if a three-year-old can make brownies i mean how do you make your business so that you know anybody can plug in i mean burger king how n nothing against people who are, are working at burger king but you don't have to be absolutely an amazing chef to go work at burger king but yet you're going to produce great tasting burgers that taste like all yeah. the other burger kings you don't get you don't get to you don't get to add or determine how um how hot the grease is to fry to right. fry the fries in you don't you don't get to determine um how long the fries are in the grease you don't get to determine um how long they stay on the shelf there's timers and buzzers for all of that stuff and uh here i'll, I'll see if i can show you up here i love it Close. and it's kind of hiding behind that light Oh man. Then we've got another one right up there by the unicorn. It is. See the unicorn up there. What is that? Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a unicorn. And the oh. unicorn, what the unicorn is, is the unicorn is symbolic of the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur that can do some of everything. They're a rare breed. Wow. A rare breed. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Nobody can watch this video uh, because you look a lot better than me. You you got a very a very, very professional set. We got multiple camera angles. I mean, this is uh this is like pretty uh this is a professional production on your end. So we're, I don't know this about is that. audio. Thank we're cutting, the, we're cutting the video. We're just doing audio. We're not even really it's just gonna be a black screen for everybody, not even releasing it. Um all right. So that's that's appreciate that. Able systems, that's super, super helpful. I do want to comment one other thing. So I think something and, and you've you've talked about this solopreneur, you know, you don't really 
Uh, you kind of don't know what you don't know. You know, you're good at the fulfillment. You understand that aspect of it, but maybe you don't realize that all this stuff doesn't need to be so hard or in your head or, or kind of so all over the place. Uh, something else that that people don't realize, especially when they're still smaller, even if they're not a solopreneur, is when you grow, stuff changes. So, so for example, when you know with Painter Marketing Pros, we we handle the the sales, we handle automations on that. We don't go out and estimate, but we do a lot of this heavy lifting in addition to the marketing. And what what people kind of around the five hundred thousand dollar range, you know, th- I'd say three to seven fifty. What they don't really understand is that when you get to a million and a half. When you get to two and a half million, when you get to where you're at, almost 10 million, uh, what you're doing, the way you're doing it, you know, hey, I, I call them back. I, I'll call them twice. And then I call them the next day. I, I call them when, when we're on the way over and I let them know, hey, we're coming over to do your asset. That doesn't work. That goes to crap. All of a sudden, your customer service falls apart. People are pissed. You're missing appointments. Mistakes are being made. When you scale without the systems, everything goes to dog poop if you don't have those systems and processes built. So let me ask you a question along those lines. Running a business is a lot like being a parent. And Easy. your employees, this, this is going to sound like it's degrading and it's not meant that way. But in so many ways, your your employees are like your children. Yeah. Not because not because they're they're immature or babies, but because in so many ways they just don't have the experience to know what you know. And when you take your little kid bowling and you want them to be somewhat successful, you know, you go into the little screen on the computer and you hit this little button and now all of a sudden, anytime it's their turn to bowl, yep, the bumpers pop up and they're, they're not they're They may not get a strike, but they're also not going to go in the gutter. You're going to hit something. And that's what systems do. They put in some parameters of protection. So you, you, until someone can, can completely get it by memory. You, that maybe in some in some circumstances, you may want the checklist always done. But like a script, once my people know the script, they don't need to look at the script while they're on the phone anymore or in person. Yeah. We never looked at the script in person. But if you think about this, you know, here's some ideas of of things you might want to systemize. I don't want to overwhelm you. I just want to I want to get you thinking. Um, the way your sales presentation is conducted. The way you, the way you price a job, the um, the way you set the appointment, the way you confirm the appointment, the way you ask for the five star review, the way you handle customer complaints, the way you maximize the value of a happy customer, how you follow up on leads when they come in, fresh leads. What do you what do you do with the people that you gave a price to and they didn't buy? Have you systemized that? How about setting goals? How about how about um, systemizing the way you review people's compensation annually or have your quarterly meetings or, or you know, you set your goals? And that's a lot of things. So I guess for, for the listeners, I, w- I would say this. If there was one process, one area, one small piece of, of, of your business that you could systemize better than it is now, what would it be? You're not going to systemize everything overnight. Why not make one simple system? Maybe maybe the way you set appointments. Maybe that's what it is. Or maybe it's how you handle the people that don't buy from you. If you could systemize that one thing, would it move the needle for your company for this year? If you could properly 
uh, it's systemizing is a key to delegation. Yep. If you could realistically hand that baton for, I'm just going to use, you know, appointment setting as an example, you hand them that baton and they're going to run with it and they're going to keep running with it until they have a problem and they'll get with you. But you know that those, that those leads, those appointments are being set the same way every time. Like in, in my company, we measure how much time it takes us to respond to fresh leads because I know that they go stale very quickly. And it's not about, it's not about getting with them in days. It's not about getting with them in hours. It's about minutes, yep. minutes, the amount of minutes that goes by. If, if this is especially true, if you're, uh, if you're getting leads from lead aggregators, like uh, HomeAdvisor, Angie's List, et cetera. It's especially true. We can probably talk more about that on, on the marketing segment. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But it, it, it doesn't have to be rocket science to systemize. You know, as you grow your company, one of the, one of the uh, hardest things to get right is not really quality control of the product. It's the internal communications. And we've systemized the way that we uh, communicate from sales to production with with uh, our what what's going to be on our our scope of work and what's going to be in company cam. For these for those of you guys that don't use company cam, it's just photos and videos that you can take that are connected to the jobs, and that connects right into our CRM. It makes it super easy. Yeah, yeah. So I think I mean you you made some really great points there. All the things you listed, I would imagine a lot of our listeners who who are really advanced, right? Our listeners are the cream of the crop of the, of the painting industry. That that's just a fact. So a lot of our listeners probably close to are, are more than half of the things you listed. I bet they're not doing, I bet probably at least a third of them. They haven't even really thought about because you've gone into a level of granular detail that is abnormal in this industry, but yet so helpful. Right. And I think another point I want to make is, is this stuff can be overwhelming. You hear this, well, well, systems, well, yeah, yeah, well, he's been doing it. He runs a big company. I mean, he, he's got all these people. He really knows what he's doing. I'm no Jason Phillips. Like, I'm just trying to run a painting company. This, it, and it just seems sort of uh, abstract. It seems complicated. It seems difficult. Don't have paralysis by analysis. Start somewhere. Could be something small. Could be something small. Just start somewhere. And what Jason's giving you right now is a system for building systems. He's telling you, hey, start with a checklist, basic checklist, could be five items, park on the street, you know, but make sure you carry your, your folder, your sales materials with you to the door, right? Just do the basic checklist and then build it out and then build it out some more until it's fully built out without, you know, saying unbuckle your seatbelt, open the door without saying just ludicrous stuff that's then just going to bog it down. You know, Brandon, you make, you make me think of someone who takes very complex processes it makes them very simple. Bob Ross. Oh, Bob, what, what, Bob yeah. Ross. Hold on. Oh, it's not. It's not getting it. I've got a tiny Bob Ross right here. Oh, there it is. Okay, nice. He can he can start you off with a blank canvas, walk you through step by step. I love it. And by the time by the time that you're done, by the time that you're done, then <laughs> you have a beautiful a beautiful painting. I don't know why that didn't work. You have. It, it worked when he held it next to you. I think it's because yeah, the frames frames focused yeah, and, on you. 
It's okay, know. man. Nobody's gonna see this. It's just it's, I'm <laughs> oh, not man. Video to anybody. <laughs> there we go. Now, there, now he's in the there dark. There it is. There it is. Yeah. So, um, but really, that so now, if you redefine, okay, I, I said you're a genius. If you can, you know, take your company, you know, beyond a million dollars, or even even close to a million dollars. Here's your next level of genius. Boiling things down and making it so simple that you can delegate them out to people and have them done time and time again the same way. That's your new level of genius to shoot for right there. Yeah, that's a tall order. But that's how you buy your freedom. That's how right. You, how you build a real company. You know, that, that's how you don't uh, build yourself into a bigger and worse prison as you go. Yeah. And a lot of people who haven't gotten there, they don't, they don't know that, you know, you, you kind of, you don't know what you don't know. And the, when you're starting out, you, you want revenue. Revenue is going to fix all your problems. If you make sales, it fixes everything. If you get to that million dollar mark, boom, you're done. If you get to the $5 million mark, oh, made in the shade, never have to work a day again. But if you, until you're there, you don't realize, well, you actually just have a whole lot more problems. Just the revenue just happens. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And you know, think, think about it, you know, if you don't come in, if, let's just say you wake up one morning, you're like, you know, I want to take the day off. It's a lot of stuff going to go undone in your company because you're not there. There's going to be a lot of fires. You're going to come back to a forest fire. <laughs> forest fire. I'm going to be honest. It used to be like yeah. that for me. Yeah. Now, yeah. not a problem. I have amazing people running that Caterpillar tractor. Okay. They, they're moving a lot of dirt. They know what they're doing. And I don't micromanage them. I don't need to micromanage them. Again, we're far from perfect, but have come so far. And I want to see, I want to see you, and I want to meet you, and hear you meet, hear you tell me stories about how you implemented simple systems. You became a better leader, and 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 you built a team of people, and how much better your life is, your customers' lives are. And their and, and your employees' lives are too. Everybody wins when you do this. Everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wins. Love that. All right. So that is Able Systems. That was a super deep dive. I took us uh took us down some rabbit trails there, but I appreciate you humoring me on that. And I know the the last episode we really focused again on building that team, what that looks like, why you need to do it, the mindset, mindset you need to be in, the positions to hire for. I want to dive into systems related specifically. So, no, so not just how do you sell, how do how do you how do you do this, the, the processes, but systems really related to the in, employee uh, systems to compensation models. You do you have systems focused specifically on this stuff? I do. Um, in an ideal environment, every person on your team will have some skin in the game. And um, I heard. Um, I heard a guy say it like this a while back. I may have mentioned this on a, on a previous episode is he said, I'm not going to allow a situation where my employee wins and the company loses, but I'm also not going to allow a situation where the company wins and my employee loses. When the company's doing well, all my people are going to do well. So everybody's going to share in the winnings and the losses. And that way you're going to, not every, you know, most employees, most, unless they're on sales, 
in sales want a steady paycheck. Okay. Don't we all, but running a business, we know that if we don't continue to up our game to deliver value, we're going to have diminishing returns and business itself is fragile. And we, we need in a small business, we're not in some big corporate setting. We need people that have that at the front of their mind, the success of the team. We need to wow our clients. We need to work together as a team and we need to hit our numbers and, and celebrating that is, is, uh, a key and, and rewarding people. So we have, um, systems, compensation systems, reward systems where, you know, our salespeople, they get rewarded with a commission, right? But then if they have, uh, if their projects ran through, uh, a whole month's worth of projects ran through uh, and met certain criteria regarding accuracy and profitability, then the salesperson gets a bonus, a monthly bonus. And our project managers, our project managers make a salary, but they also get individual project commissions for uh, wowing the client, for meeting budget, for collecting it on time. And they also get uh, monthly incentives for um, keeping their entire month averages uh, within certain parameters. So, you know, what do I want my project managers to do? I want them to wow the client, meet the budget and collect it on time. Yep. That's what I want. So when I'm, when, when they are doing that, the company's winning. So I made it where when they do that, they're winning. Right. And if you can do that on, in, in every, uh, in every area of your company, that's wonderful. Some it's more obvious. The easiest one is sales. Hey, you're going to, you're going to be in a hundred percent commission. <laughs> when you sell it, you get it right. Yeah. And um, so that's a very simple one, but there's, you know, when you get to other administrative jobs, it's not so easy. So I made it, you know, if you're in a supporting role in my company, um, when the team wins, like for instance, <clears throat> um, kicking off 2023, uh, we, we just ended our best January in the history of our company. Awesome. We exceeded our leads goal, our appointments goal, our sales goal, and our produced, re our produced revenue goal. We smashed every one of those. And my entire team is getting rewarded for that. I love it. Are they, are they getting rewarded with a bonus? Or how, how are they getting rewarded exactly? Well, they should have already been rewarded. But we had a big ice storm in Texas and we were shut down. So I can't say yet. I don't know. I don't wow. know. I don't know when I you're going to release this, but uh, I need, I, I need, it'll a be, a, it'll be a while. Okay. It'll be a while. Yeah. So um, a lot of times what I'll do is um, uh, I'll surprise my team. I'll go get everybody a DSW gift card and tell them go buy some shoes because we're going places. Oh, that's cool. So I'll do that sometimes. That's just one of, one of the things. Yeah. And now, so, so the difference to me, okay, a bonus is something unexpected. An incentive is a carrot that they see and go for. There's a difference. Yeah. A bonus is completely unexpected and incentives are something they are specifically working toward towards. Okay. And you're, you mainly align around incentives. Yes. And we do have some uh, bonuses as well. Sure. I love it, man. So do you, you guys, um, do you guys operate with a hundred percent commission model with the sales? Yes. Interesting. 
Have you always done it that way? Yes. Interesting. And you, and you don't find, I know you mentioned something in there and maybe this is where you kind of uh, quality control that, but you don't find if you offer a hundred percent commission that sometimes uh, sales are not maybe done the right way or maybe kind of position your team for, for uh, not, not position for success. You finding that? As a, okay. hundred percent commission as opposed to what? So as opposed to some baseline level of salary and then commission on top, so maybe 50, 50. So right. you think One, salary would get us better quality on the sales? I guess we, my my question is, it wouldn't get you better quality. I think I think it depends on who's there. My question is, have you ever found someone who joined and maybe they weren't uh, producing for some period of time or in the beginning, got a little desperate and started selling projects in a way that really wasn't for the benefit of the company, whether they- Oh, they absolutely. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. So um, we have uh, strict control. We, we know- on every sale, what um, any the list price and any promotions that the customer was given and what it was sold at. So the only thing that they can really do is not scope it correctly. I see. And if projects run out of budget, and uh, then in, commissions are impacted. I see. Okay. So some some sort of uh, almost like not like a clawback feature, but it would kind of net. If, if they had earned a certain commission, but then this one project were, were scoped really inappropriately and you guys ran way over budget, that would maybe net out some of their positive commission. And, and we do give them grace. We do not expect perfection out of our salespeople. Sure. Okay. No, that's helpful, man. Yeah. I just, I, I always like to, you know how I am. I like to kind of dive in and, and get the specifics. Um, Jason, this is, this is incredible. We are nearing the, the one hour mark. Do you, do you want to share anything else about systematizing your business to position it for scale? I would just, I would put a few criteria. One, my first suggestion is you just pick one system and make a checklist or make a script, a telephone script or a script on how you're going to ask for the review. And your systems need to be readily accessible. I know in today's digital world, let's just say, let's say you have a, um, a pre job checklist or a checklist that you're walking around and, and the clients with you and, and your guy is sitting there with his face in his iPhone. iPhones don't build rapport, print that checklist out, have it on a piece of paper, give them a pen or a pencil. And they need to check it off in front of the client and take notes because anything that they have on a clipboard is um, more visible and things on a, on your tiny screen are almost hidden. So there's this, there's this lack of clarity when you're taking notes or running a checklist on your phone. And I know that, you know, the younger you are or the more tech savvy you are, the more you're drawn to do things digitally. Okay. But we need, we need to build trust rapport with our client and we need to drop into their world and what think about what's going to work best for them not necessarily what's easiest for us yeah and when you're looking at your checklist they know that you're not fit, you know scrolling instagram or, or texting your friend or even if they know you're not we're just used to if somebody's looking down at, at their phone and they're in a conversation with you it means that they're not paying attention to you yeah are they reading not, a text message what are they doing yeah yeah 
And so even yeah, if they know flip you're that clipboard around and show it to them. Yeah. There, there's a, that they might wonder what you're doing. And even if they know what you're doing, there's this, it's just sort of a subconscious turnoff. Like, like they don't actually have your full attention. Absolutely. Yeah. I love it, man. So start somewhere, start simple. Jason's running a, a very big successful company. He, he comes out with a lot of things, disc personality assessment, motivators. We're going to be getting into this stuff in future episodes. It can seem and be overwhelming, but he's telling you right here to just, start with something start with something really really easy if it makes your company better then it's a great thing you did it even if it just moves the needle a little bit and hey you can you can start it and say say give it to one of your people hey i i made a rough draft just for something can you improve this you know act like you know for instance if you were training a new guy to work alongside you write it for them how would you want them to do it what are the things you'd want to make sure they didn't miss? And yep. they'll make you really good. They'll make you a really good checklist. I promise. I love it. Jason. Thank you, brother. This is wrapping up episode three. We got three more. So we're halfway through our series. Really appreciate you, man. I, uh, I love, I love, I love, I love our podcast episodes, brother. Really, really get a lot out of these. So thank you for talking this series and we'll see you back in episode four. Thanks, Brandon. It was, it was wonderful today. If you want to learn more about the topics we discussed in this podcast and how you can use them to grow your painting business, visit paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast for free training, as well as the ability to schedule a personalized strategy session for your painting company. Again, that URL is paintermarketingpros.com forward slash podcast. Hey there, painting company owners. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. Give us your feedback. Let us know how we did. And also, if you're interested in taking your painting business to the next level, make sure you visit the Painter Marketing Pros website at paintermarketingpros.com to learn more about our services. You can also reach out to me directly by emailing me at brandon at paintermarketingpros.com and I can give you personalized advice on growing your painting business. Until next time, keep growing. Painted podcasts are produced by the Painting Contractors Association and are made possible by members and industry partners. To find out more about upcoming education opportunities or for more information about joining PCA, visit PCAPainted.org.